we were gathered last night at the Holy Diriraj Mandir in Raleigh, the Mahamantra's house, and we had the good fortune to be assembled with many devotees and to discuss the um, person and contribution of Sri Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami. Krishnaras Kaviraj Goswami Mahashai Kijai. And as we heard, it is, his contribution was enormous and um, it very much plays out into an ongoing way in the lives of all uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavas and in the world of uh, theistic uh, thought and possibility. And to look at his uh, qualities, immensely uh, uh, qualified person, uh, his spiritual persona, his uh, natural uh, humility, his, uh, and that contrasted with, if you will, with his vast learning, which tends to work in the opposite, sometimes, direction of, of humility. Vast learning, uh, uh, um, really a consummate uh, scholar of the sacred texts and of the, the Sanskrit language, of, uh, very familiar with the, uh, all the contemporary philosophies of the time, the world of thought of the, of the time. Um, Jyotish, uh, very much uh, uh, aware of the movements, heavenly movements, constellations and, and the quality of time related with them and so on and so forth. And, and uh, apparently would it seem, uh, as I said, a consummate chef himself as well, um, very learned in the culinary arts. <laughs> and uh, the contribution of his book, his final work, it's not his only work by any means, his final work, the Chaitanya Charitamrita, to have taken all the works of the Goswamis that were the, is the early uh, theology of Gaudiya Vaishnavism and then to pre- pre- presented them in such a concise way in the context of a beautiful narrative of uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Leela. And in this way, really, it's the, really the first form of kind of a systematic uh, approach to uh, theology within uh, within the Gaudiya tradition, and it's, it's significant. And I was just thinking, um, just to carry over on that from from last night, how uh, such a and we're just going over it in brief here. Such a qualified uh, person by ordinary standards, hmm? um, by ordinary academic standards, standards of human decency and uh, culture, and a very refined uh, and, and uh, distinguished, stand out in the crowd type of person he was. As were many, of course, of, uh, of the persons under whom he was um, sheltered. For example, in Vrindavan, he was the one who had the association of all the six uh, famous six Goswamis of Vrindavan at once, and, and so on and so forth. And my point is that how he felt about himself 
in relation to Nityananda Prabhu. Hmm? If you get some idea, who is, what is the position of Nityananda Prabhu that he would, that he would make this uh, otherwise such a qualified person feel so insignificant and so blessed just by his presence, Nitai's presence in a dream and a one, one-liner, go to Vrindavan, and, and, and giving him passage, if you will, from from this side to that side. And he was one, one, Krishna, that's a very significant one, but one among a number of persons of similar uh, qualification. They were very learned um, uh, people. Hmm? And uh, very refined, cultured people of, of the time, and and they were so moved by the persons of Gore and Nityananda. Just to give us some idea, what the dispensation, the personal dispensation, as it came through Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Nityananda Prabhu, were about. I mean, they spawned so many. You know, you have the, the Eastern, Western, I call it, revelation of the Jesus, the Christ, and a few eight or whatever it was, a dozen um, uh, disciples and they were writing and, and so forth. And they were good uh, men and, and women and so forth, but but they were not probably com- com- comparable in terms of literal, but literal, um, not that that's required, but um, uh, literary uh, education background and, and so on and so forth and uh, wrote a few letters about what he meant to them and so forth. So the Eastern Savior, if you will, kind of an extension of that Catholic uh, idea as I, as I look at it. Um, very, this, is, this is really such important news for the, for, the, for the world to make known something about um, their dispensation, their person, their characters, the way, as I say, the devotee is the way to understand Bhagavan, the love that the devotee embodies, it corresponds with the uh, the object of love. This is the one and different equation, beta beta. Hmm? Love and the object of love, they're one. You can't have one without the other. And so by looking, it's, I've said often, it may be, there may be some argument that uh, it could go on for some time as to the existence of God or not, I'm sure it will, <laughs> but as to the existence of love of God, it's a little harder to dispense with that, to do away with that, and it has certain symptoms, qualities that uh, that um, properly understood, I would say, in, in the, that, cor- that, that expand cross-culturally, manifest in the lives of saints and and so forth, and they stand on a certain uh, ground, if you will, from which they have this uh, this this vision that they seek to try to share with us through the very uh, limited and um, imperfect means of reason to philosophize with speech, language, and so forth, the nature of their experience. But their persona, persona stands... Um, as I said, like a lighthouse on the shore to us, <sighs> adrift in the ocean of material emotions, and speak to us 
to the fact that there is there's land, there's firm ground to, to stand on. We're all gathered here, of course, um, because of the saints of Gaudiya Vaishnavas and amongst them, while we for the moment are emphasizing Krishnadas Kabiraj Goswami and his his teachers and his work, Chaitanya Charitamrita, that kind of brings the whole tradition together in a package and and um, and um, makes it marketable, if you will. That you might. <laughs> I mean, when I was mentioned the other night. I was one of the first persons in the Western world to read the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Because as it was coming off the press, there were some advanced copies that they would send to Prabhupada and a few other select individuals. I was not on the list, but I knew somebody who was at the head of the press. <laughs> and he um, appreciated my service, so he sent me advanced copies. Hmm. Now, I have to admit that as we were reading the, those books at night, um, and then they came out, off of the press, 50,000 of this volume, 50,000 of that volume, and we were also at that time eventually s- distributing them as well, like this book here, we were distributing to the public at the Hoare Airport. <laughs> um, we did have some doubts. <laughs> How are they going to understand this? But if you, if you look at con- the context in time when it came out, in its own time, works of this nature course, are uh, enduring in their value hmm? because of the nature of the subject. Nonetheless, it should be apparent that they will have more power in the times in which they are written hmm? because any author who writes takes into consideration everything that he or she can think about that people might think, might, in a philosophical dissertation, might argue against and try to answer if you will, all such um, arguments. But of course, as time goes on, things change and there are new arguments and ways of looking at things and so on and so forth. So a, a presentation of something that has eternal value will nonetheless have more value in the time in which it's manifest. The currency of this book, I mean, it, it, it's taking these very abstract um, theological and philosophical concepts written in a language that was not the whatever local vernacular of the of the people, Sanskrit was for the highly educated and few, um, and taking it and putting it into Bengali like poetry. Hmm? This was a way of just really making s- such a very high ideal uh, and deep uh, spiritual insight and make it and broadly disseminating it to anybody and everybody was the idea. Now, we didn't quite feel like that when we were selling this to some businessman in the airport, <laughs> the Adi Leela of the Chaitanya Charitamrita. But, but, of course, the point being that it's our task to take that same, imbibe really the essential um, message of that text and then the challenge to present it in our own terms, in our own time. This is the whole idea of the principle of the Guru Parampara, that in an ongoing way the, the, the milk will be, will be churned and its relevance made known <clears throat> by the expertise of the current um, uh, representatives 
of the lineage, keeping it alive and, and vital. Such persons must be acquainted, as Kabiraj, for example, Goswami himself was, with the philosophical currents of thought in our time and, and, and so forth. Hmm. Um, we're lucky that we don't all have to do that, hmm, in one sense. Uh, uh, you can focus on the uh, uh, simple practice and remembrance of Krishna and you won't miss out on, on anything. But for sharing the idea, Vishwanath uh, Thakur comments on the verse that's probably most used by the Goswamis to uh, explain or describe the, uh, the the person of the Guru. Tad, what does he say? That um, um, hmm. uh, what is it? Prapadneta jignasu shayutamam Shabde pare chanishnatam brahmane upashamashram, among other things. Shabde pare chanishnatam. Pare here means uh, that the shabda, the sound, hmm, that sacred sound, is such, uh, such an important uh, subject. Sound, sound by which we um, very much distinguish, categorize one thing from another, make sense out of things, so to speak, uh, through sound. So it's thought that the world was made sense and divided, if you will, by by sound. Sound uh, there's sounds that underlie it, and sounds by which it comes about, and sounds by which its influence upon us can be overcome or transcended. Um, um, so. Uh, so shabde pare janishnatam, the sound, the shabda pare, from a theistic perspective, who's acquainted with that nishnatam, like from every side and uh, an angle, uh, to be a teacher of the subject, obviously. And Vishwanathapati Thakur comments that this doesn't means also other books, <laughs> I mean other th- currents of thought in 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 the world that that we can speak about it in a way that will kind of bring the message home, if you will. So so we are blessed to be in such a tradition where the ideas have been written down. You can go and check it out and see that it's not being made up as one goes along and so forth. And in this connection, amongst the saintly people and the lineage that we are blessed by, Besides the fact that we are united, in a sense, by the work of Krishnadas, we spoke about last night, in a more modern time, all of us here today, this afternoon, are united by the influence of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, who's a couple of a song of whose we sang, a song that was very much a favorite song of Prabhupada, Jai Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari which uh, properly understood is speaks about the, the kind of the, th- the threefold personality of Krishna. Krishna has three um, identities in Braj, in in the pastor his pastoral uh, home. Hmm? He has the identity of Yashodananda, the son of Yashoda. Hmm? He has the identity of a cowherd boy. And he has the identity of the as the lover of of Radha, the object of Radha's love. 
hmm, who's controlled by that love. So this is the the Vatsalya, Sakya, Madhurya. These are and ages that correspond with them. <clears throat> they they define him. The song covers the whole range of this the the Brudge experience, if you will, two aspects of which the Sakya and the Madhurya are obviously prominent in our um, Gaudiya lineage due to the influence of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu of Madhuri and Nityananda Prabhu, the, the uh, um, fraternal love of Krishna. <clears throat> Vatsalya Rasa, that parental love was was uh, distributed with the permission of Mahaprabhu and by the blessing of, with the blessing of Mahaprabhu by by Balaba, a contemporary of uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who that's a little separate from the Gaudiya. He couldn't quite mingle with them uh, intimately. There are a number of instances about of which that, this, that describe this in, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. So, a beautiful song. Prabhupada liked it very much. A song of one of the many, many, many songs of of Bhakti Vinod. So, it's um, we sang a couple of songs of, of Bhakti Vinod. Nam Kirtan of his as well. Um, you can find in that Namkirtan also he has accommodated the Sakirasa and the Madhuri Rasa, both mm, through the names that he's um, employed in his song. <clears throat> but he is uh, very, uh, uh, you know, Krishnadas is like hundreds of years ago and such people. We try, it's important for us to try to enter into, uh, to, to hear about them, not just in a, in a, in a, in a way, in an encyclopedic type of way, a list of information of things that they did, born here, did this, went there. And that's valuable, important, but to take that and to, and to then to, and to resonate with that and use that as a, as a medium to enter into what made him or her like this, feel like this, what were their thoughts that gave rise, what were the currents of, uh, the influences of the time, the, 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 Mongol, the, the, the Mughal influence, for example, politically speaking, uh, the uh, Hindu uh, orthodoxy, uh, for example, the philosophical currents, the place, their ages, and all these things. Uh, it's it's uh, uh, to take that information and then to try to enter into, and uh, this is a, a very, very useful because our ideal in Gaudiya Vaishnavism is to enter into the Leela of Krishna. And Leela means Parikar. Leela means that there's a play. And in the play, there's Bhagawan and his associates, Parikar. So to be acquainted with Leela means to be acquainted with them. There's a nice, uh, I've told it before, worth repeating, um, uh, reply, uh, a couple of them actually, that uh, I was... Uh, fortunate to encounter uh, that uh, very much emphasized this, this point for me. Um, the point being that if we are to enter into the Leela, that there are certain um, other, if you will, uh, important in- ingredients, that, and I'm talking about the party cars, the associates, the place. Um, so the stories I think of and, re- and refer to, um, one that years ago, I'm just speaking a little informally with you all, if you all don't mind today. Uh, years ago, I uh, 
I um, was asked by Pujapad Sridhar to start a mission and um, and on the strength of my faith with him in the background to go and and uh, make students and help 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 uh, others to uh, understand the tradition better and participate in it and so forth and and so in the context of doing that um, I started the magazine it was called Clarion Call which is an old English term that Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur used to refer to the the conclusion of the Gita Sarva Dharman says give up all the Dharma take shelter of me alone come to me so he compared it to the, the, the clarion call of the, 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 the flute sound of Krishna calling us to give us to catch our attention to put exclusive uh, uh, give exclu- exclusively our attention to him and so forth and so at any rate uh I I wrote most of the articles under different names. I was only mean a couple of people <laughs> who were doing this, and uh, we circulated it. It was when the new age term came out in the in the early 1980s, and um, uh, we were in a lot of across the country uh, uh, health food stores and places like that where they had such magazines, and so I did anyway one article on the uh, the widows of of Vrindavan. There's, there are many, many widows from Bengal whose husbands passed and then they would go to Vrindavan to retire there and uh, follow a particular example in that regard that didn't quite, that I hadn't quite thought through. Um, I knew there were many widows in Vrindavan and they were Bengalis and they were Bengali Vaishnavas and they had their ashrams and so forth. So, so I went and I met one of the leaders, ladies of the Widows of Vrindavan, and I interviewed her for the magazine. And so, uh, at one point, I asked her, "Is there anyone amongst you who is uh, like a patron saint amongst the lady widows?" I was thinking of a female character, a person, and um, she didn't quite understand what I was saying. So then, in my, I mean, I, it was like. I was tricked by Maya or something to make a very foolish um, suggestion. We were happened to be right near the Mirabai temple, so I said, like like Mirabai. Well, Mirabai was not a Gaudiya Vaishnav. She was a mystic saint that that um, ostensibly appeared to be uh, a bhakta, but the tattva out of which her bhakti, or the, the philosophical ground out of which her bhakti arose. Um, was not such, if you study it carefully, that it could give rise to what Rupa Goswami is describing as the bhava that turns into prem that is our goal, prem prayojan. Um, so I said, like, like Mirabai. Then she understood my point. Oh, you mean a patron saint, late like, she said, she said, oh, no, like this. About and she was saying yes, but no, not Mirabai, and and then she said just so so beautifully from heart. She said, Vishnu Priya, Vishnu Priya, of course, was the was the consort of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, whom, in consultation with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, took sannyas and came after us. It's said in it's described in Bhagavatam, Tektva Sudus Charisarepsita Raj Lakshmi. Dharmishta Arya Bhajasaya Ragadaranyam 
mayamrigam deite ipsitaman madhabad vande mahapurusha te charanadavindam try it vande mahapurusha te charanadavindam chaktvasudus charisaripsta rajlakshmim chaktva means to give up the rajlakshmi the 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 principal uh, this uh, queen right uh, of, uh, of 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 good fortune hmm? this is vishnu priya they met the night of his sannyas, the rumors had been circulated. Hmm? You have to understand the circumstance too. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had grown up as a uh, as a rather um, well, a colorful character um, in all respects, learned and uh, handsome, uh, desirable in so many respects, but not as a Vaishnav. Religious, a religious boy. Hmm? That's another thing to be a Vaishnav. Hmm? Vaishnavism, bhakti marg, that is different than the than than, than the Dharma marg or Varnashram. Hmm? Varnashram is the is the world of the small G good. Hmm? You can never get the capital G good there. You can never, by the moral adjustment, come to an absolute good, a good that somehow doesn't impact negatively. You push down here, and it, it comes up there. Such is the nature of of the world. This is very clearly taught, for example, in the Gita, the central piece of the Mahabharata, which ostensibly is a book about Dharma, the small g good. And the Gita comes, of course, just in this part of the book where everybody's on the edge of their seat, attracted as they are by romance and politics and intrigue, and and the diplomacy fails, and the war is on. And now there's going to be all the excitement and so forth, and everybody's waiting for the excitement, and and this is the excitement. The Gita has spoken that oh, it said we should fight against this, fight against the limitations of the of the of of, of the moral world, the bodily concept of life. Varnashram is problematic in one sense for Gaudiya Vaishnavas because it, it promotes a certain identity. What did Mahaprabhu say? Different identity. I'm not a Brahmana, Chatriya, Sannyasiya, householder, these are all material identities. I'm servant of the servant of Krishna who is the the uh, husband of the gopis. This is his spiritual identity. So we are cultivating a spiritual identity. So these are two different paths. They they have some some correspondence um, of course. Um, they have uh, we don't uh, in any way want to offend the path of Varnashram or the path of Gyan, that would be Namaparad, because it is said in the Purana that um, to 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 vilify the Veda, these paths are dis- are delineated in the Veda for those who that's the level of their eligibility. That's their faith. Their faith can be captured by that. Not everyone's faith can be captured by Bhakti. Some people's faith can be captured by the prospect, for example, of material acquisition. Hmm? Who doesn't want to acquire materially 
by which they feel they'll be more whole, more complete, more equipped to live a happy life and so forth. So if we can offer them, as the scripture does, in a greater balance of the sacred texts of the Hindus, a way to acquire that is uh, requires some giving hmm, that you can get by giving. You give this on this day, at this time, in this way, and you'll get that. There's a magic to it, of course. Now, we believe that if you do those sacrifices right, that the magic will happen and you will get the good son, the good daughter, the good husband, and so on and so forth. But, but even if you don't, <laughs> it, it, the beta won't be wrong in saying that you will. Because it, the whole, this whole section of the text is a preaching strategy to bring people in, right? Hmm? By way of, by, in terms of where they're at, they're preoccupied with acquisition. So, acquire in this way by acknowledging through gratitude the, the, the fact that, for example, in order to see with my senses, my sense of eyes, I need sun, I need light, therefore I should worship the light. Hmm. Show gratitude to the sun, to the wind, so on and so forth. Um, and, and in this way, what you really get, whether you get the desired result or not, it's not so important. But if you get a tendency to uh, to sacrifice, and gratitude is kind of a very kind of primitive form of of love. You teach the kids to say, "Say thank you, say thank you, thank you." Okay. So uh, the, so it's very uh, well kind of thought out. There's it seems like a scramble of so many a jungle of uh, ideas, the, the sacred texts of the Hindus, but they're really working very systematically to try to approach the entirety of humanity in terms of where they're at and bring them along, so to speak. So from Dharma to Gyan, from, from Gyan then from, that means from a religious orientation to a spiritual orientation to the idea that I, my human, human life will be improved by acknowledging a divine uh, factor in nature to the idea that my human life is best used to realize what I am that transcends the limits of humanity. That would be Gyan. Hmm? And then, of course, Bhakti. Hmm? The idea that takes the, the action of karma and the introspection of gyan, both of them, it makes them fruitful beyond what they could produce unto themselves. After all, action within the realm of karma is really ignorance. So the action by which we are engaged in the pursuit of material acquisition with the idea that by acquiring I'll have more, that's ignorance because we just have more trouble. We have the trouble to get it and we have the trouble that will result when it's when it's gone also because of our attachment to it hmm? so um, the, the action cancels out the, the knowing and the knowing then 
that I'm, for example, theoretically that I'm not the body, it tends to cancel out the action. So under themselves, gyan and karma, they cancel out one another. Bhakti texts, in love, of course, there's action, and there's knowing also, as well. A kind of knowing that love is pregnant with a kind of essential knowing of what to do, without having to think about it. The Gita describes love, bhakti, as, as the Rajabidya, and the Rajaguyam, the king of knowledge and the king of secrets. The highest knowledge is, is, is a secret. It's not, it's kind of like, Right there, it's it's very easy to see in one sense, but we it, it, it's a common sense type of thing, which which is a commodity that's very um, uncommon. Pujapat Sridharmarsh once described bhakti as the 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 insight, for example, of 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 Alexander, who was the young boy that was able to undo the Gordian knot about which it was said, whoever can undo the knot will conquer India from the Grecian side. So so many warriors went up there and tried to untie the Gordian knot and they couldn't do it. And then the young lad, uh, Alexander, stood up and said, I can do it. And they all laughed at him and he went forward and he pulled out his sword and he undid the knot. (laughs) Well, that doesn't, I mean, you know, that doesn't count, I mean... He conquered India, so uh, <laughs> so some kind of uncommon knowledge. It's all it's there, but uh, Columbus was another example. He said, "Whoever could stand an egg on its end will will cross the ocean without falling off." Right? Some people thought it was flat. Some still do. I've heard. <laughs> a problem depends how you look at it, I guess. Some parts are flat, <laughs> you know, some parts are not. <laughs> so, so nobody could balance the egg on its end, but Columbus said, I can do it. So he took the egg and he went, made, made a little, you know, little dent, and he stood it up like that. <laughs> he crossed the ocean, that's sad. So it's a kind of a common uh, sense thing, but common sense is, is a rare commodity. It's very valuable, hard to come by. So according to the level of the people, the Veda is very beautiful, and it really tries to take the whole, take the whole of human society into consideration by way of looking at the core of what the human experience is about. The core of the human experience, its thought, arises from this very, very, very subtle uh, form of matter, hmm? which is called the gunas, hmm? uh, a kind of, uh, which appear in the psyche, of humans in the form of contentment, discontent, and delusion. Well, we all have experience of these things. We have we have experience psychically of contentment, a sense of contentment and fulfillment. And then we have a sense of which causes us to sit still. Hmm? I'm content. Huh. I can sleep well tonight. Everything good, peaceful. And then the psychic experience of discontent. I've got to move now. Discontent. Hmm. Moving to eradicate the discontent. Hmm. But then there is another psychic experience which also fosters movement, but it's called delusion. 
It's not well thought out kind of movement. And uh, so, so contentment, discontentment, and illusion means sattva, rajas, tamas. These are very, very subtle, subtle, that are like chords, uh, like strings, okay, <laughs> of that underlie the matter. And then they manifest uh, in our psyche, and then out of the psychic dimension of matter comes the physical dimension of matter, so they play out physically. So the, the, the sages, they, the whole of the whole, uh, if you will, explanation of the sacred text, the sound, the, the, um, you know, the, the explaining of it, is really based on experience. The whole of the Vedanta is, this is my experience, let me talk about it. Just like, for example, like in modern society today, there is a prominent idea in philosophy that, um, that is tied to observation, analytic philosophy, that, uh, that there's no such thing as a mind. That's a popular idea. Mind is really only a brain, right? It's all just physical stuff. Hmm? This is a very counterintuitive kind of idea. And uh, it's, a, it's a very typical then to try to explain everything, which you try to do, and explain away a mind. <laughs> it's a pretty hard thing because you need a mind to explain away the mind and do philosophy and, and so forth. So they're having a hard time doing that. Um, and and the, the way, you know, there's that, what's that principle in, 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 in science? Or what is the, the most eloquent is the, is the, ob, is the, uh, Occam's razor? The simple one is the best. Well, the simple, the simple one is I've got a brain. I once heard uh, Noam Chomsky, famous uh, intellectual, um, answer the question. By, uh, the question was, is there free will? That's a pretty naughty, you know, gnarly philosophical question. And Mr. Chomsky said, of course. Otherwise, our discussion would be meaningless. And he just moved on just like that. So it was a very kind of a... <laughs> You know, you can try to philosophize, philosophize it away, because you find other things over here that that you you get practical results from, and then try to. But it's a very un, uh, unnatural way. The Vedic way, the, the Sankhya philosophy, for example, that explains matter is basically to look at everything that I experience and then explain it, hmm? and uh, as if it actually exists. Hmm? So mind exists, intelligence exists, consciousness exists, the citta, manas, citta, buddhi, hankar. Citta is consciousness. Consciousness means, it corresponds with morality also. So if there's consciousness, there must be morality that's built into the fiber of the world. So there is a real good and a real bad, and, and so forth. This whole idea of, of karma, how it comes from. Karma comes from the fact that we accept that we have something called uh, citta, consciousness, awareness. I mean, I'm not saying a conscience, but that's part of it, right? Hmm? So, at any rate, the, the, these uh, sages, they looked at their psychic experience and then correspondingly they explained that the the physical world and then from the veda they based on this idea they try to answer 
every kind of psychological basic core disposition with a, a, a something from the text that would r- bring them in to the dispensation from transcendence, the, 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 the sacred texts, the revelation. Hmm? So, again, it's not that everybody has the eligibility for bhakti. How do we get it? Of course, the answer is by sadhu sangha, by good association. So we're, we're, we're blessed in that regard. Hmm. But um, if people are too preoccupied with material acquisition, then it's, it's going to be difficult to, um, certainly to sell them on gyan, hmm? which is to say that all your material acquisition is a complete waste of time. Bhakti, you've got a better chance, because you can acquire everything, <laughs> just, but it's not yours. You're just kind of uh, holding it for now and using it for the purpose of someone else, which is in your interest and so forth. But still, point I'm being, I'm kind of going on a, on a tangent about this, but the point I'm making is that, 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 that gyan and karma, which are paths unto themselves, are different from bhakti, and we have to explain why they're different so that we can have develop faith in in bhakti that's not covered by jnana or karma. And at the same time, we can vilify the passive karma and jnana because that will become an amaparad and affect negatively our bhakti, hmm? that is uh, primarily primary limb of which is, is nam kirtan. So we don't want to make offense to the name, so we have to respect the whole dispensation of the Veda, even the sections of it which don't pertain to us, understand they don't pertain to us, and what sections do, and so forth, and apply ourselves accordingly. So the path of bhakti, it transcends the path of Varnashram. It includes action and and introspection, both. It has both an active aspect and an emotive aspect, internal aspect, if you will, love does. So it, it makes good, if you will, of jnana and karma, which under themselves can't lead uh, like tributaries from the Himalayas into the Bay of Bengal like the Ganges can. But if they connect with that stream, then they, they, they become useful. Hmm. So, I know somehow we got onto this topic, I'll have to try to think of how, from Varnashram being different from Bhakti. It's a theme that comes up regularly. Hmm. We did it in the context of somehow remotely uh, talking about the contribution of uh, of Bhakti Vinod, the fact that we're all here under his uh, auspices, if you will, uh, and his paribar, his lineage that uh, um, began to... Why don't you open the door for a little air? Will that help? I don't know, that'll be a little noisy maybe. So, so bhakti, and what is the requirement for any of these paths? Of course, there's, there's faith is required. The Gita says, without faith, then none of your pursuit will be fruitful. So, those who have faith in karma, karma mark, they should pursue that mark. Faith in jnana, they should produce that pursue that mark. Those in whom we can awaken faith in bhakti mark, now they they have the opportunity to tread that path, the path in which where, where the capital G good 
can be attained, if you will. The small g good is the moral realm. Um, Gyan is, a, is transcending the moral realm, but not doing any good <laughs> necessarily. Uh, just sitting, not doing anything bad, something like that. But bhakti, for this we come to the capital G, good. And it's so good that it looks like a small g. Hmm? It, it looks... It, <laughs> so Krishna is human-like, right? His activities look very human-like, but they're, the like is a big part of it. Human and like. Human refers to the madhurya of it all, and like to the aishvarya, the majesty of it all, the godhood. Um, so... Anyway, we get there by, by Sadhu Sangha. We're talking a little bit about the influence of sadhus in our lives. And I was saying, among other things, that, that uh, this path of bhakti to, that Rupa Goswami has, and Sanatana Goswami, Krishna's Kabiras Goswami have outlined, there's a ground, right, a philosophical ground out of which the ecstasy and the, 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 possibility of becoming love. Thich Nhat Hanh, I've mentioned before, wrote a book years ago, the Buddhist uh, teacher, Being Peace. I saw it. I didn't read it, but I saw the title, Being Peace, and I thought, we should have a book called Being Love, because that's what our tradition is about. How to be love, how to be a personification of paternal love, how to be a personification of romantic love for Krishna. Hmm? That's our ideal. And and to enter into that life, love life, the play of the absolute, then we, we're going to be com- to uh, uh, come acquainted with the players that are already there that personify the very ideal, and then uh, by which then we, we 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 know such a thing exists, and through the example of whom we can follow and attain that. So, to the parikar is my point. The, the associates and the associated paraphernalia that we found in the song of Bhakti Vinod, for example, Jamuna Tira Vanachari, playing he's a Vanachari, he's a forest dweller along the banks of the Jamuna. Jamuna is there, Giri Govardhan, lifting, he's lifting the Govardhan, and his friends are helping him, hmm? as, as, as it would be. He's the, the lover of the gopis, Jashodanandan, all these. You find, for example, in the songs of, of Bhakti Vinod, all this mention of all these associates and associated places, the sacred geography, geography, and so forth. So, I asked the forget her name, beautiful lady, the head of the widows there, you know, who's your patron saint? And when she understood, and I said Mirabai, she said, No, 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 Vishnu Priya. Hmm? Vishnu Priya was a husband of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Again, he. Mahaprabhu blessed, uh, spoke with her, and together they agreed. He said, "In this leela, we are have descended to cry. Hmm? So we have to be separated. You never separate Lakshmi from Krishna, hmm? but Mahaprabhu separated from Vishnu Priya for us. Hmm? This is a very extraordinary uh, event, uh, and and she." Had to had, when he reasoned, he, she had to agree, and into the night he went, right, hmm? and came to Puri. And as the verse in Bhagavatam I was citing says, 
Chakti Vasudhu Sadhusarepsita Raj Lakshmin Dharmishtarya Bhattasayara Gadarana Mayamrigam Daita Yit Sitam Manbhadabhadi went into the forest, means he took sannyas and chased after the people who are chasing after Maya hmm? to capture them. Hmm? So when she, when she said, the chief of the widows, Vishnu Priya, she's our example, it's so much melted uh, my heart. Hmm? So much melted my heart. Vishnu Priya, how they think about she was She was the only one. She made the ultimate sacrifice, if you will, for all of us. Mahaprabhu took sannyas, and ostensibly that means he gave up all of his associates and family members and everything, but they all followed him <laughs> uh, with, the, with the blessings of his mother, in whom he put his hands, in, whom, in whose hands he put himself, even after he took sannyas, for her determination on what he should do. She said you should go to Puri because all your friends can come and visit you then. What kind of a sannyasi are you? <laughs> all your friends will come and visit you all the time. Uh, so, uh, but Vishnu Priya, she could not come. Hmm? Hmm. Said she stayed behind and chanted Krishna Nam and she would chant for the number of rounds she chanted with each name she would move a a grain of rice, and when she was finished chanting, that's the rice that she would boil and cook, and that's what she would eat, and then she would start again, and so forth. So, an extraordinary example. And these widows, this was their, their patron saint. I so much appreciated it. And the point I'm making is that that there are, that Mirabai is an example of a person whose bhakti is not something that that Rupa Goswami is talking about or advocating. Hmm? It's not grounded in the tattva hmm? out of which the particular bhava that he's speaking about will arise. And one of the ways it shows up also is in her many songs. Hmm? So to the other example I said I wanted to um, refer, we were sitting with Pujapad Sridhar Maharaj and the, the bhakti of Mirabai was, was brought up and he brought this point that in her songs there's no mention of the parikars, of Lalita, Vishaka, Subal, Sridham, Nanda, Dishoda, hmm? neither the backdrop of Vrindavan, hmm? Jamuna, uh, Govardhan, hmm? All these things, these are so dear to the devotee. That's why it's important for us to talk about the uh, great devotees and try, as I was saying, to enter into the, the, their time and not just read about them, list in an encyclopedic way, he did this, he did this, he did this, he went here. That's good too. But the idea is to, is to like, oh, he did this, and let me look up that place now. And he went there. Hmm? What date did he go there? Hmm? Oh, he went on this day. What else was happening on this date? This is how you have to explore this and try to enter into, live in it, rather than just just collect some information. Like I was riding in the car last night after the talk, we were riding home, and and Venu Gopal said, "Oh, look at the beautiful sunrise," and there was a beautiful pink sunrise going down, sunset. Excuse me, sunset. And someone said in the car, "We should take a picture." Hmm? Take a picture. And then Madan Gopal said. Oh, at the school, I guess he goes to the Waldorf school, they don't let him take pictures of those kind of events. They tell him, you have to take it into your heart, such things. 
it really struck me because I thought, yeah, we were always, everybody's got the camera, taking picture, picture, collecting information, and you gather it all together and so forth. But to, just to, just to, just to take it and commit it to, the, the, taking the picture may take away from, you think you collected it. In other words, you, you think you've gathered, I've got the picture, I've got it now. Okay. Move on to the next wonderful event and collect it. And, but are we, Collecting the events, or are we allowing? We're not allowing the events to collect us and, and 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 draw us into the significance. What is the what is the sunset? I just I watched it. I stopped the car. I didn't just take the picture and keep going. I stopped the car. I looked at it. What does it mean? That's how I was thinking. The sun just went down. Did it go down? Where is it? What? what? What is it? We're on this ball or flat thing? I don't know. You know, it's, I said partly flat, partly, partly round in other places, and 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 uh, so you know we're in a really esoteric. <laughs> we're in the perception of something, something called matter. We're in a perception of it, all of us. That, that and we're live, we're moving within that perception. We perceive a moon, and we go within the, the the range of the realm of our perception. There's a whole world going on in the context of our perception. We're not reading at the virgin state of matter. It's impenetrable. It's Maya Shakti. Krishna says, "Mama Maya Durati." You can't penetrate into there. At its heart, what it is, you have a mind, and it reflects consciousness. So it gives you the capacity, some capacity to think and act in a quasi-subjective way. And then through that, the experience of the gross physical matter is, 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 it was projected on that, and we, we, we're living in, in such. I mean, it's, it's, the, the, the Bhagavatam's beautiful. This is how the sages looked at the sunrise, they didn't have the cameras. Hmm? Take it, post it. I mean, it's not a bad thing, but I'm saying they looked at it and they thought, oh, I don't want to. The sun is flying across the sky, and with every passing of the sun and its rising, a day is lost. Ayurharati, my life's being taken away. Where is it going? What's that? So, uh, kind of a if you really like try to experience the world, uh, the natural world, there's many lessons to be learned there, especially if you approach it in a grateful. Uh, with with gratitude, so many lessons to be learned. Hmm? Um, it causes you to think. There's a there's a thing now, Sumati. I uh, thank you for that, Sumati Devi Kijai. Sent uh, told me about this thing they're doing in Japan called forest bathing. It's popular now, forest bathing. So they tell people you have to you have to stop, go into the forest, right, and just just hang out there. And hug a tree or something like that. And they're finding that it has certain very healing uh, potentials and so forth. And so it's it's a it's a part of everyday life. Got to do some forest bathing and so forth. So it's uh, you know this is like we're finding out something new. You know, it's like it was it's been known. I think for a while we've gotten away from it and, uh, and from from trying to we want to understand matter. And oftentimes, it's the way we're doing it. It's at the cost of understanding that, that we're the ones that are viewing it, and we exist, and, and, and that's so relative to to the nature of the experience and so forth. So, so to to enter into the experience of nature 
And if you approach, as I often say, with, a, with gratitude, with love, then if you love someone, they tell you all their secrets. Nature will point you in the direction of, of yourself. Hmm? So, so, so with, the, with the Golok, with the spiritual, there's an environment there, right? This Rup Shakti is an environment. There's Govardhan, there's the Jamuna, uh, uh, all the uh, Dwadasavan, the Twelve Forests, and so forth. The, the, this uh, sacred uh, geographical uh, realm, if you're actually going there, that's where Krishna is. As Prabhupada used to say very simply, Krishna's never alone. Hmm? He's never alone. Mirabai, all her songs are about Krishna and her only. There's nobody else in, in the picture. So she's got some experience of Krishna, but it's not the experience of Krishna that is with such emphasis on his devotees and related... Um, I mean, it's all alive. Govardhan is a devotee too. The hill, the mountains, so Jamuna is a devotee and so forth. The more the devotees are in the picture, the more there is love of God in the picture, well, the more God is in the picture. Hmm? Right? Again, it's maybe easy to dismiss. Not easy, but you could make an argument against the existence of God, but it's harder to argue against the existence of love of God, whether you think it's good or not, or useful or not. That's another thing. I heard one philosopher say, well, what's the use of this meditation anyway? And somebody said, well, a sense of universal compassion? Is that useful? I don't know. <laughs> That's what they say. It, it, it's, it seems very would be very useful if everyone could get some sense of, of, of that from inward movement, if you will, right? So, so Shudomar said, well, you know, in the songs of, of, of Mirabai, there's no mention of any, any of, of the Jamuna, the Govardhan, the Sridham, Sudham, uh, Lalita, Vishaka. This we find all this means in Bhakti Vinod song we find he's going there. He's acquainted with every, everything that has to be there for Krishna to be there. They correspond, they're one and and, 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 and different. This song, one of we sang, this one, I'm thinking, Jayarada Madhava, contains this whole, in a nutshell, hmm? the whole idea of Vrindavan, the full, the threefold kind of uh, personalities of Krishna, the son of Yashoda, hmm? as he's seen, just like we have now, you know, it's been popular for some time uh, to have... Uh, I guess it's fading, but postmodern movies where there's no plot, there's just <laughs> an event, and different people looked at it in different ways, and he looked at it like this, huh. and he experienced it like that, and she experienced it like that, and that's the movie which is saying, and that's what life is, subjective experiences. And it can leave you a little flat sometimes if you're looking for, you know some meaning to come together, that it all meant this. It doesn't mean anything. It meant that to him. It meant that to her. It meant that to... What does it mean? And you're just left with, what does it mean? And so, well, none of my favorite movies, but but, um, but the Braj Leela is like this, in, in the sense that, well, all life, there are the different subjective views of what's going on and experiences. So, so Krishna is seen through the lens of Batsalya. Krishna is seen through the lens of Sakya. Krishna seen through the lens of, of Madhurya, and then songs coming from that. From the, uh, uh, so, so we are fortunate anyway to be under the banner and the uh, the uh, shelter of the first uh, sometimes, as I refer to him, Western convert to Gaudiya Vaishnavism, Bhaktivinoda. <laughs> 
I mean, he was born in India, but he was educated by the British, and uh, in one sense, more familiar with the, the time, Western philosophy and and uh, and thought, than that of his own background. And uh, he didn't he, he didn't have any affinity for Bhagavatam, uh, and he's born in Bengal. Hmm. Uh, affinity for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, so influenced by the British, until of course he came in touch with the Chaitanya Charitamrita, going back to Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami, and then he saw the whole Bhagavatam, Krishna Leela, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in a whole different light, and he became a great champion of the cause of of, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. He converted hmm, at that time, and then interfaced with uh, attempted to and successfully with the modern world, and uh, like Krishnadas, tried to write the take the entirety of the Gaudiya core foundational authors, the Goswamis, and take their teaching, condense them down into a into a format that would be accessible to common people. His famous work, Jiva Dharma, for example, is uh, uh, is uh, well, it's a good a good example of that, hmm. and so uh, we're fortunate. I want to say to be under the uh, the umbrella of of, of Bhakti Vinod, Bhakti Vinod, the family of Bhakti Vinod, and then many he has many sons and grandsons, and so forth. This is our common uh, bond here. Um, when Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, the son and and really successor on the world stage of Bhakti Vinod Thakur was asked by his disciples, what is our party bar? Because they would be asked by people um, in the street, what is your party bar? What group are you with? What what lineage within Gaudiya Vaishnavism are you in? He told them to say, you tell them that you are a member of the Bhakti Vinod party bar, hmm? the family of Bhakti Vinod, who was who the, the, the secular of sorts, secular but religious, I guess not entirely secular, but not the Gaudiya per se world, uh, a journalist for in Calcutta termed him the, the seventh Goswami for his his work. Hmm? Um, so we didn't get into him too much uh, personally, uh, which I wanted to do, but uh, we're fortunate to be, uh, as I say, coming from his very broad-minded uh, perspective and, and his um, uh, ability to take deep ideas and kind of break them down in such a way that they could be widely circulated, disseminated, cross-culturally. This is a, a sign of, of realization. One of the characteristics of the Bhakti Vinod Paribar is that it's very moved to share. You have to understand that there are many lineages coming from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his associates, but they are the, the, the ones that were most involved in sharing and this kind of bleeding heart liberalism of sorts, <laughs> if you will, caring for the people, uplifting the poor spiritually and materially. This is coming from Nityananda Prabhu's campaign. His, this is how he was characterized. His, his work in Bengal, he was commissioned by Chaitanya Dev to remain in Bengal, deliver the people of Bengal. They delivered them, Nityananda and his associates, materially speaking, improving their material social status, making their life easier, Actually, actually, Yoga Chema Bahamiyam. They actually Nityananda Prabhu like paid their bills, basically, him and his associates. Yeah. And, and on every level, he took care of them. And spiritually, 
turn them from nominally being Vaishnavas to actually understanding what is Vaishnavism in terms of samandagyan, proper knowledge and so forth, that their practice might be might be fruitful in terms of um, the goal, the ideal of Prem. <clears throat> and, of course, Bhaktivinoda comes in this lineage coming from Nityananda through Janava, where the lineage turned from a Sakyarasa lineage, a fraternal love, to a Madhurya Rasa, through the influence of, of Janava. Hmm? Um, but he and he, and he, and he, and of course this shows up in him, obviously. He's, his ideal is as Madhurya Rasa. But, but the wide circulation that was characteristic of Nityananda's outreach and so forth shows also up in Bhaktivinotapur, and it very much characterizes his, his lineage, so much so that nowadays, sometimes, in our family of Bhaktivinod, well, it's not always represented that well. And that goes across the board. In every lineage, they're not always all represented very well. So there are problems that arise here, there, and everywhere. That should be kind of like part of the territory. You should expect things like that. The Catholics had lots of problems that come out in recent times, and so on and so forth. This goes on everywhere. So with that, every misrepresentation should only speak to us louder about the fact that there's something that that should that could be represented properly. You can't have misrepresentation unless there's something that can be misrepresented that it is in itself is inherently good, and beneficial, and so forth. So, so we're not shy to say that our own lineage also. Um, uh, has suffered from misrepresentation. And then sometimes you find, as a result of that, persons who were brought in by it initially, it's compassionate outreach, are drawn to another lineage, hmm? all well and good. But what do they do when they go there hmm? to another lineage? Then they say, Guru Dave, you should have some books. They should be printed. We should distribute them. Uh, can we buy you a ticket to come to New York? And <laughs> these things. And I go, what are you talking about? You know, I'm living in the Dom. This is what I, you know, books. The Goswamis have written so many books. Who am I? So it's, it's, it, they carry with them. In other words, this, which is imbibed from the Bhakti Vinod Paribar, this, this, which's coming from Nityananda this sense of outreach, sharing, and, 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 and so forth. So very much a, right? It's a very much a characteristic of our, uh, our, our, our group. Hmm? And we have this, some, some sannyasis and other advanced devotees traveling all over the world all the time. <laughs> they thought, you're not going to find this. There's many, many Gaudiya lineages. You're not going to find them circling around the globe. globe. Wherever they are, they're coming from the Bhakti Vinod Paribar. Hmm? Or somehow we're connected with it first and then they brought that in a contagious way, that dissemination, circulation. You know, to their lineage and and so forth. So we should be very honored to be uh, members of that. And it's in the spirit, also. I should say, I I, I would of Krishnadasa was also so, and we spoke last night, influenced by Nityananda Prabhu. Again, such an extraordinary person. And for that person, with all those qualities, this is how I began, and we'll end with this, to say that just what Nityananda Prabhu said to him in in a dream that his whole life. Was affected. This is the glimpse into his personal life that he that he affords us in his own writing in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Otherwise, difficult to find any biographical information about him. But this glimpse into his life, how Nityananda Prabhu came to him in a dream and what he, what he said to him, and how how what kind of person is this Nitai Chand, Nitai Gore? This we should be 
have some sense, again, through the devotees, by studying them, by really analyzing them, then, uh, then the existence of the Godhead will be clearer as, as a bell. Hmm? So it is love of God and God, they are one and different. They're more one, as I'm speaking about it tonight, than different. Hmm? So, Gorbhakti Vrinda Ki Jai, Bhakti Vrinda Parivar Ki Jai, Govit Premanand. And thank you for your time, for listening patiently, and uh, forgive me for being a little uh, in, in, informal and, and uh, just uh, rambling a bit on different uh, topics. Any any question or comment? Anyone would like to add something? Drista. Um, Maharaj, thank you for the nice talk. And I was thinking while you were speaking first about hmm. Lord Chaitanya, how he was dharmic and was uh, very attractive, but he wasn't a devotee. Um, and then he became a devotee. And then we had Bhakti Thakur, who was very dharmic and uh, very learned, and then he became a devotee. Yeah. In the Sixth Coast, Mutland Sanatan, they were very learned, and, and then they became devotees, and it's almost like conversion stories. So what's what's the significance of this? And all the, seems to be, even our Prabhupada, in a sense, you know, he, he was a Gandhiite, and he met Dr. Sadat Sarasvara Thakur, and said, hey, this isn't very, really important. Yeah, well, the essential, you know, the one thing that comes to mind, of course, is the very, very central point of Gaudiya Vaishnava, that... Uh, that and it, and, it, and it's true. Sadhu sangha, sadhu sangha, sarva shastrika, lava matra, sadhu sangha, sarva siddhi. Lava matra means like a split second. Just emphasize the point. The value of sadhu sangha association with with mahatmas, with devotees, is such that even a split second of that can change the course of one's life. So somewhere there's a small beginning to that, and then then sadhu sangha increases to the point where some sadhu stands out in the crowd. And we had, and we are compelled to take shelter of him or her, and then, then, this, then proceed along the path. So, the, the seed, the seed, Jiva Goswami says, of the rati or the bhava that we will attain. Hmm? This is uh, derived from sadhu sangha. Hmm? So these are examples. You take the example of Rupa Goswami. We look at him as an eternal associate of Krishna. Um, what to speak of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he's Krishna himself and he's being converted, right? Uh, he's converted by, by Ishvar Puri and by the wishing of all the Vaishnavas. Let Nimai Pandit, if only he would become a devotee, they would get together and they'd do their japa and he would come on their mind. Uh, why am I thinking about him? Uh, I hope he can become a devotee, that's all. <laughs> and so by their well wishing then, and the combined influence of Ishwar Puri, hmm? then he became converted. So it's a teaching leela. Mahaprabhu's leela is, is called Acharya leela, so it's Krishna, he's Krishna, but he's acting as the Acharya, especially in his Madhya leela. So the Madhya leela is the center, and the, the real focus of the entirety of the Chaitanya Charitamrita has this Adi leela and Anti leela. The Adi leela is, is something that he very limit, limitedly uh, deals with, deferring as he does to Vrindavan Das, who deals with it extensively in Chaitanya Bhagavat. It's the goal to enter into Navadvip Leela, the early Leelas of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, where there's no Aishvarya, where he's Vishvam Barmishra, and we can go to Kirtan with him at the house of Srivas and so forth. Hmm?
when he takes sannyas, comes into the Madhya Leela, now there's some Aishvarya, and now we pay attention to him in a different way, and he's a teacher. And there he teaches Rupa and Sanatana, and converts Sarvabhoma and Prakashananda. There's so many lessons about the way. This is the, this is the, this is the main reason that the book was written and requested by the Vrindavan Goswamis. Krishnadas was requested right about the, those middle pastimes. And that's their, their compassion upon us because those pastimes teach the way. The Antilila is like beyond the way. In as much as sadhana, the, what is the goal of sadhana? Sadhya, bhava. Hmm? Right? So the Antilila is about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's bhava. Hmm? That's something you can't teach about. You teach about how to attain it. <laughs> By sadhana, and then you can talk about a bhava, but it's self kind of explanatory. It's it's when it's when the um, emotive, it's when your bhakti is fully informed, when the active aspect of your body is combined, when the a- active aspect of bhakti is combined with the emotive aspect. In other words, first in sadhana we do the acts of bhakti. We hear, we chant, and so forth go through the motions. In bhava bhakti, we go through the motions, but the motions are driven by bhava, by ecstasy, by spiritual emotion. Hmm? So when these two aspects of bhakti, the contemplative, the inner, and the outer, are manifest, that's bhakti proper. Sadhana is like bhakti in practice, kind of apprenticeship. We attach ourselves to a great devotee and we practice, so forth. Imitation of a good thing. It's a good thing. In bhava, then, your your bhakti is fully informed hmm? uh, and em- emotionally uh, driven. So, um, so what was the point? So, um, hmm. and we do, yeah. The, so the seed of that bhava is 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 is, 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 is the bhava that you will attain. And I think that these examples that you give, this is Krishna, as I said, and it's the Charya Leela. Is the Charya Leela really begins just at the end of the Adi Leela. He's only in, he becomes a Vaishnav at the end of the Adi Leela. He's there for a year and a half after he starts to manifest himself as a devotee, having taken initiation from Ishvara Puri. And in that period, shortly thereafter, Nityananda Prabhu comes. And within a year after Nityananda Prabhu comes, they've gone to Puri. Hmm? You see? Hmm? And then, then, then the teaching Leela. Hmm? Then we go to the Anti Leela and it's Bhava. What can you learn from that? You can, you can just kind of, huh, you can learn a few, some things from it, but you, Bhava is not something to practice until you've got it. <laughs> then you can churn it. You can idealize it and pursue it and understand it theoretically and so forth. Hmm? So the anti is there just kind of to be, kind of to be, uh, well, uh, appreciated, yeah. I mean, Mahaprabhu is alone now. It's his private life. He's just with Ramananda and Sarup and, and uh, he's not able, he's incoherent practically, as it would appear. He can't give classes and teach and convert anybody. He's weeping and so on and so forth. So the center of the book Mm-hmm. That is the the Madhya Leela, the teaching Leela, and in the teaching Leela, the other associates are there, and they're players in it. So the Rupa Sanatana are getting converted, 
Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was converted and so forth. And this is to teach us hmm, the importance of Sadhu Sangha. Again, it's the seed, Yuva Goswami says, from which the rati, the bhava that you will attain, is is derived. Which means that you've got bhava now in a seed form by Sadhu Sangha. By Sadhu Sangha you get it in a seed form. Then you have to grow the seeds. Hmm? Then it will. Then there will be a sprout, bhavankur, beginning of bhava, and then it will be cultivated into the fruits and flowers of prem. That help? Yeah. Sarasanga ki jai. All right. So we talked for a long time. We will stop there. Take some mahaprasad. Shishi goradamadu ki jai. Dajigopal ki jai. Gornatinanda ki jai. Gorbakta vrinda ki jai. Gold Premanandi. Oh.